All right, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to welcome you back to episode seven. Wow, like we are seven episodes into this, and I'm so excited about today. Um, we're here with a very, very good friend of mine, but before we get into all of that, I want to tell you just the intent of the podcast, sort of the why are we here, and we're here to work out all of our trials, our hardships, in such a way that we can see God's glory and begin to unfold His plan for our lives. And a lot of times when we're up against hardships or we're up against that thing in life, right? It can be so hard to really unfold God's plan and see His plan and His purpose through all of this stuff, all of the trials that we're going through. And you may be asking, what does this podcast have to do with me? Why do I need to listen to Scar? And the truth is, we all have issues, plain and simple. We all have stuff, right? Whether it's big or small, it could be it could be a sick child, it could be an issue at work, it could be a husband, a spouse, relational issue, a boyfriend, uh, a girlfriend, it could be a friend that just went rogue and now you don't understand what's going on in that relationship. Um, it could be any number of things, just, just getting through life can present trials and, and tribulations. And I think it's so important that we come together and we tell stories of average people, of people who are just out there grinding just like me and just like you that don't often get a chance to, to tell their story or to relate their story to everyone else. And that is exactly why I think we all need to be listening to Scar with Dustin Rivenbark because the stuff, the trials, the, the hardships, it can all accumulate, right? This stuff can cloud our minds and can even change the trajectory of our lives if we don't open up and just focus on the positive, focus on the foundations that we're given. Now, that kind of leads me into the story today. Today, I'm here with a very good friend of mine, Larry Phillips. Larry, would you tell everybody hello? Hey, how are y'all? And just to, uh, just to show your respect, again, you better be telling Larry, uh, hey, right now, over the, over the phone here, over the podcast, let's go. Anyway, um, just kidding. So Larry is a good friend of mine with, with quite a story to tell, um, and I didn't really know the magnitude of his story until we went to Costa Rica together. Mm-hmm. And and we actually got to sit down uh, and talk one-on-one, plus you got the chance to kind of spill uh, your story to the group of us there on a missions trip in Costa Rica. What fascinated me about, about your story was um, you had cancer, Yep. You, and and what cancer did you what did you it have? It was uh, throat cancer. Don't ask me to say the word. It was about two <laughs> yeah. foot long, right? right. Like, uh, it, and it was removable, but where it was at, it was in the base of my tongue. So where it was at, they couldn't physically go in and get it. So uh, I had I had to have radiation therapy. And how long did you have radiation therapy? Uh, I had two choices. I, I had I could do chemo and seven weeks radiation or eight weeks radiation. Okay. So me and the Lord sat down and talked about that, and he said, you'll be fine with eight-week radiation. So that's what we did. Okay, so I want to back up a little bit. 
Um, you had a child at the time. Yes. You had Daniel. Yes. Who was how old at the time? Um, let's see. He was born in 03. And we started the treatments in 12. So he was six years old. Six years old. Okay, so, so take me back to that moment when you go to the doctor and you hear the words, it's, it's cancer. It was okay. on the phone. It was on the phone. Yes, yes. He called me and uh, he said, uh, uh, Mr. Phillips, it, it tested positive. You do have cancer. And then he went into what he wanted to do as far as, you know, what, he wanted me to go to Birmingham. This was a doctor in Dothan. He wanted me to go to Birmingham and uh, talk with them and to see if, if it was removable, if it could be removed, what they're, you know, what they wanted to do. Or if it could be done here. Okay. And uh, so I did that. Made a, made an appointment, uh, or or he did. Before, but but, but you know, at, at that moment, when when he told me, you know, it's cancer, and I and I'm sure everyone has wondered in their mind, you know, what how would I take that? Yeah. How how would I take that phone call? Um, and I <laughs> honestly, I it, it it overwhelmed me because at that moment. Um, the Lord let me know I was going to be okay. So you didn't feel like a glooming, uh, you didn't feel I like didn't a death sentence right no, away? I didn't just sit down shift. and say, oh, my world's over, I'm done. I didn't do that. I sat down and, and, and this overwhelming feeling. You remember, you remember when you took the Lord in your, in your soul, how I just, yeah, it just how changed fresh your whole, you felt? Yeah. I, I felt that same feeling. Right then, wait a minute that, now. That, wait a minute. That, that that okay, you're going to be okay. Now he didn't tell me I was going to live. He didn't tell sure. me I was going to die. He just basically, I had the feeling that he knew I loved him. He loved me. I'm gonna be okay. So I just where where does that come from, Larry? Where did that feeling of like you call it a, a a refreshing, a revitalization, almost a renewal of spirit when you yes. accept Christ. Yes. You just hear the words, I have cancer, and you have a six-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Where where did you find that peace, that renewal? I don't That was him, dude. That was I don't know. Yeah. That that was all Where were you in my, your my walk? relationship with the Lord at that point of my life? I came to church, I left church, and I didn't talk about him until I came to church again. I loved him. I had a relationship with him. I, I, I knew that I loved him, and I knew he loved me. I knew what all that was about. I never talk about him. Wow. So this was his way of putting a fire in me to talk about him. I, I I know that, and I know I know that from in my heart. That, that so, so that's the reason I tell folks. I said God gave me cancer. Show me how much you love me. So what you're <laughs> telling me is that there was a purpose for your trial. Yes. Wow. Like this is what I want people to know. Okay. This is what Larry. I, I want people to understand when we come up against a trial. When we come up against a fire, a hurt, or a pain, a lot of times people want to lay down. Yes. And it's not through any fault of theirs. No. It's not that 
Uh, it's not a big deal. It's not that it's 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 not overwhelming. It's just that some people can't understand that there can be a purpose behind what you're facing. That God is the author of all that is good. Yes. He is. He is the author of all that is good. And when we're stacked up against that trial, when I'm facing that life-altering news, Mm -hmm. I can find purpose through that, and I can stand on the shoulders of Christ who died for me in almost a rejuvenating way rather than a, a just downright debilitating way. Yes, yes. And, 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 and I don't want to lessen anybody's cancer. I don't want to, to sit here and say it's not bad, it's not rough, uh, that you don't go through trials and tribulations and pain. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I, I, I went through that. I lost my taste. And boy, if, if we take our taste for granted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you lose all, when everything you put in your mouth tastes like you're crunching on water or yeah. drinking water 24-7, it's not hard to diet anymore. Right. I couldn't <laughs> imagine. Right, right. I, yeah. oh, and, and the doc told me, he said, well, I'm, I'm only going to let you lose so much weight. So the male thinking in my brain, you know, <laughs> I need to stock up. So <laughs> Right, right, right. When I started my treatment, and it was a certain percentage. I weighed 207. When I finished, it was 178. Wow. Now, we had a conversation about a conversation you had with the Lord when you found out you had cancer, and it all began to set in, and it had to deal with more time. Can you give us a rundown of that? Yes. I... I when it, when it all started, I, I turned it over to him because I thought that's what I was supposed to do and that, that's what felt right. That's what I felt that he wanted me to and that I wasn't supposed to really ask for anything. If I'm going to turn it over to him, I'm supposed to let it go, you know. Well, there was one point in time in the whole situation that I did ask for something. I had a six-year-old son. And I wanted, I asked him for more time so that I could, I could try to show him how to be a good Christian man. That was, and, and then immediately after I asked for that, I felt guilty for asking for it. So to this day, I think he gave it to me because I felt that guilt and not because I really asked for it. Right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so you think that that in a lot of ways the heart behind your request is yes. is is um could be a reason it could be. You don't know. We don't know, but it could be a reason he day. answered that. I'll know one day. So um, it's been roughly ten years. Because uh, Daniel's seven, seven yeah, yeah, seventeen. Yeah. So it's been it's been okay. All right. And and so how has that well seven years from my from my this January uh, makes seven years from the finish of my radiation therapy. Okay. So, okay. So now, I, I, de- I dealt with the the cancer and all uh, biopsies and all that other mess, and you know for for a couple of years. How has that that trial? I'm gonna call it a trial sickness. How how has how has that changed your life? Oh, 180 degrees. Um, like I said, I never, I had never done this. Right. 
before that. Yeah. And, you know, I have people, I have people that look at me, and I, I've went to churches, and I've spoke, and I've, I've, if you'll stop long enough, I'll tell you my story. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've told this story. And uh, people, you know, when I get done, I, they, it sinks in. It it, it, hit, it hits home to a lot of people, and and then, uh, like I say, it, it was an awakening, um, and it was God's way of getting me to disciple for Him. Yeah. Uh, and I seen what He, you know, I tell people so it doesn't amaze me at what God can do. It amazes me at what God's willing to do for me. Wow, that's a great me. way to look at it, Larry. You know, you know that... we often, as a society, as a culture, we often treat God as a vending machine God. All right, let me spit a few prayers into the mm-hmm. into the machine. Let me spit a few quarters, and I'll get out what I want. And it yeah. just doesn't work that no. way. No. But God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, mm-hmm. and He's a loving God. Now, mm-hmm. I may not get that new Corvette I want, Larry, <laughs> yeah. but but I know that I'll get peace in the storm. Mm-hmm. I know that I'll get comfort in the trial. Mm-hmm. And either way, if I if I get sick, either he's going to heal me mm-hmm. or he's going to heal me, man. <laughs> You've seen that same and thing. Yeah, <laughs> and so and that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just uh, uh, an amazing way to walk about life. Yes. To to talk about life. Yes. To approach life. To meet people. That's a amazing. You are one of the kindest men that that I know. And and it it it's not just a oh, church. That way off. Right. <laughs> and and it's 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 not just a church demeanor. I don't feel. I believe this is an approach to life that that you have now a this really is truly a blessed day. God has given me a calmness that my father-in-law Mr. Flowers, God rest his soul, uh, was probably one of the best men I've ever known. Yeah. I never seen him mad at anyone. I never seen him talk bad about anyone. I never seen him holler. I never seen him cuss. And you look at people like that, and you you know, how did he do that? How did he live every day like that? And he may not have in the shadows. It may have been a, he may have been a different man, but the man that I always seen was that man. And now I I look at things and I try to say, okay, how would Mister Flowers have handled this? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and God has has helped given me. A lot of that calmness, a lot of a lot of that. Okay, if I don't get the Corvette, I wasn't meant to get the Corvette. That's if right. I do, I got it. Right. If 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 if, a good, if I'm if I'm in the hunting stand, if it's meant for me to kill a buck today, it's meant for me <laughs> to kill meant, a buck today. It's if I meant. Don't, that's it right. Ain't. That's right. Uh, thank you, Lord, for letting me be here and experience this. You know. Right. Right. So I'm hearing a huge principle that you just gave me about. Um, uh, about mentorship, you had a a man, a strong man in your life to model, to model after, to model by. Yeah. And here's the situation: a lot of people nowadays in society, not just nowadays, but in years past, a lot of people don't have that, Larry. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of people do not have a strong man or a strong woman in their life to model 
after. And that's what I sort of want to do here. I want to be able to give those stories, give those testimonies that encourage people and give people hope um, in the fire that may not have seen Mr. Flowers, that may not have met uh, uh, someone like my grandfather, somebody mm-hmm. like that that is to me Superman, yeah. but but they don't know that they don't understand what I had to what what I had in my life to model after, mm-hmm. and so um, that's kind of the uh, the the intent here and, and what yeah. we want to do. I mean, that that hits home. There there's one man from this church, uh, as you know, I'm I'm at the door a lot. Yes. By that he means greeter. A, yes, yeah. and, and there's a reason for that. Uh, after we found out that I had cancer and I started going through it, um, Todd Smith. Mm-hmm. I joined small. I joined uh, uh, the dream team, and every morning when you walked in this church, the first person you seen in this church was Todd Smith. Right. And he, when I walked in the door. He genuinely wanted to know how I was. How's my cancer? What's going on? That man loved me as a man. No conditions and was truly concerned about me. Mm-hmm. And that hit home with me. And that that was, it, it was so welcoming. And so, and and I wanted to do that. So then I joined the, I, 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 and I was on his team when he passed. And uh and people, like I say, they kid me all the time. They need to put a plaque out here on the door about you being at the door. Well, I, I'll, I'll never forget at his funeral, the preacher asking, okay, this church has lost, you know, someone big. We have a big void. What can you do to help fill that void? Wow. And I said, you know what? I can be that smiling face at the front door. Wow. So that's... So for, for the listener listening today, I want to ask... What can you do? What can you do to fill a void that may be missing in your uh, children's life, in, in your coworkers' life, in your friend's life, in, in a stranger on the street that you meet that's just in need? How, what can you do to stand in the gap and to fill that Void. That is a huge man. These are just. This is gold. These are golden nuggets that we're that we're picking up today. And I want to get into some of your entrepreneurial. That's a hard <laughs> word. Entrepreneurial. I want to get into some of those aspects of of your life, Larry. Like you, you are. Um, you have your own carpet cleaning business. You just you're you're just now going through realtor school, in which you're going to pursue realty. You uh, make knives. You work on vehicles. A man a man who who is uh, no stranger to hard work. All right, where does where does that come from? And that drive to to pursue your ventures, uh, uh, your next venture. Like where does where does that come from? My dad. Okay. And my, dad, my, my, my father, who is still living and, and, and is, a, is a big name in this community, uh, uh, it, it was my driving force. I mean, things were a lot different back then. I, I didn't grow up in the church. We didn't grow up in the church. 
Uh, so I had this. This was something the Lord had to find me in a whole different way than He finds a lot of other people. Um, but my he, he found my dad also. Uh, but my dad was a mechanic by trade, a mechanic in the service, uh, mechanic here. Him and my uncle owned a shop, and from the time I can remember walking around, I had a wrench in my hand doing something. Um, as a matter of fact, Dad, at, at seven years old, my dad had me. In the back of the shop, he would take in small engines and have me working on small engines when I got out of school, uh, probably to keep me out of his hair. Sure, sure, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Uh, I rebuilt my first car engine when I was 13 years old. Wow. Uh, and it's, I, I've just never, anything to do with automobiles, I, I've just never stopped. Uh, matter of fact, uh, my, we had a father-son talk. I was uh, freshly out of school. And my dad, me sitting on the, the tailgate of his truck, and he said, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, Dad, I'm going to restore cars for a living. And he looked at me and said, you are out of your mind. Literally, just that blunt, that blank. And, and I went on to do a lot of that. I, ha I had a lot of jobs, mostly automotive-related. Mm -hmm. uh, and I went on to actually work in restoration shops, uh, I've been on the Discovery Channel building motorcycles. Wow. I've done I've wow. done a lot of things in my life that's yeah. that related to automobile, motorcycles, and mechanics and all. Um, I've been to school to learn how to do paint and body. Uh, I do sheet metal work. I do. I've been to school to learn how to run a lathe and a mill. Anything automotive related, I've I've done. I've I've learned how to do that. So, Larry, what do you say to the average person that may be listening to this that maybe doesn't quite know how to do all of that but has a dream and a fire in their heart for something but but nobody to tell them, uh, uh, everybody tells them that they're out of their mind or, or nobody to tell them to go for it or, or, or how, what, what do you say to somebody like that? It's simple. You can do a bunch when you don't know you can't. Wow. So and that's the way I was raised. We don't raise our children that way anymore. Mm -mm, mm -mm. We don't raise that much. When my son tells me I can't do something, I get so I, ooh, <laughs> fires <laughs> you that up. That was that was almost a cuss word in my house. Right, right. <laughs> so, so say that again. You you can do a lot when you don't know you can't. You can do a lot when you don't know you can't. That's like that's old man wisdom right there. That's what that's. Where I got it from. <laughs> that is, that is, that is true, true gold. You can do a lot of things when you don't know that you can't, guys. Listen, here's a man who has stared cancer in the face, throat cancer, had children, um, had an honest conversation with God, has seen God's goodness, has seen God drag him through some stuff. In his day, in his life, he's still standing on his own two feet. He's still running his businesses and starting more and starting more ventures in life. Um, we can do anything, guys. We can we can do anything when we set our minds to it. You can do so much more if you believe in your heart that you can do it. That. Maybe you don't have all the answers, but maybe you have that grit. Maybe you have that internal, that internal push, that something that says, I can do this, that, 
that drive, that fire that says, I want to get outside of my comfort zone. I want to start today to create my tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, another father-son moment. Years later, I'm a grown man now. I've done all these things. Me and my dad sitting on tailgate again. And my dad looks at me, who is retired from the nuclear plant, has made good money his whole life. He looks at me and says, I sure do envy you. And I, why do you envy me? He says, you have always done what you wanted to do. Wow. He says, I've never had a job that I got up in the morning and went to that I love doing. He said, you've always done that. Wow. I said, well, Daddy, I've ate a lot of sardines <laughs> and potted meat to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome, though, Larry. Like, you know what I'm reminded of when, when you tell me that story? I'm reminded of uh, of our pastor, uh, Pastor Todd. I, I'm reminded of something he said one day, um, or it, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was him. He said, "He said we could spend our whole lives climbing a ladder. You can spend your entire life climbing the ladder, only to get to the very tip top of that ladder at the end of life." And realize you were on the wrong ladder the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, I, I don't know about you. I, I don't want to be in that position. No. I don't I want to follow my heart. I want to follow God. Mm-hmm. I want to keep God Almighty as my internal compass, my internal focus mm-hmm. that takes me to my dreams, that takes me to my calling which is simply where God has placed you for impact and you are thankful through obedience. It could be my calling is different than yours. Your calling is different than the next guy. Their calling is different than the next guy. It's not that anyone is more special. It's not that anyone is more powerful. It's not that anyone is more impactful. It's just where you are Mm -hmm. in, in this season of life. And what can you do to fill that void? What kind of disciple can you be? What kind of disciple? How is God going? Because I, I don't have the gift of remembering my Bible. I don't have that gift. I wasn't raised learning the Bible. I, 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 I struggle with finding time to read it. So I don't know Scripture like I should know it. I don't. And I, I, I'm, I feel guilty about that. And I'm trying to change that. But the Lord has shown me a different way to be a disciple. He showed me, a, and, and and it's working. Yeah, yeah. So, so, it's working. As long, you know, as long as you're a disciple and you're 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 living this life for Him and, and trying to bring people to Him, that's what it's all about. Because none of us were perfect, Larry. None, none oh of us. There's God. only I'm one. Still not perfect. Uh, there's only one perfect I'm, person I that has ever walked every this earth. Day to be a, a good, good Christian man. I oh, do. Wow. And we all are. And listen. But as long as we're trying. That's what he wants. That's exactly what he wants. That's exactly what he wants is as long as we are trying, as long as we are putting our best foot forward, as long as, okay, the world may feel like it's caving in around us, but our heart can stand firm in those moments. Our heart can stand strong in those moments. Listen, I had a text message this morning from a good friend of mine that I haven't seen in a little while. She texted me uh, a message 
that I had preached back in early 2019, I think, or or late 2018. She she texted me how these have become anchors in her life. Now, Larry, I thought people have long forgotten about this. This wasn't like that big of a a, a deal, but in the kingdom of God, this was a huge deal. This girl was transferring her notes from 2019, her calendar anchor. She was tra- tra- uh, 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 she was transferring all of this mm-hmm. to her new 2020 calendar, her, her new memo that keeps her focused, these mm-hmm. anchors that she stands on, and mine mm-hmm. was part of her list. Yeah. And Very humbling. It was extremely <laughs> humbling. This came at a random moment this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there with my family, and my phone goes off, I just want to thank you for this truth you gave back when. Mm-hmm. I I was dumbfounded. I was I was so humble that my walk, my intentionality, my purpose, my energy mm-hmm. spent was affecting somebody in such a powerful way. Mm-hmm. Now, you may be thinking as a listener, well that's not fair. I don't have a microphone. Well, that's not fair. I'm not in that position. Well, that's not fair. You, Larry, just gave an example of how a man standing at the front door as a greeter of the church changed your life. Mm -hmm. Changed your perspective Mm -hmm. on serving. Mm -hmm. Changed your perspective on how to treat another human being. Yes. You do not have to have a microphone. You do not have a, a have to have a quote unquote position no. to make a difference. No. This weekend at Denny's, Saturday morning, I, I get up. I'm there at seven thirty. Doors open at eight because they take walk-ins on Saturday. And I walk out four hours later, and I seen people in there that was going through the same thing I was. But, oh my gosh, that was. Their life was in me because they didn't get their glasses an hour ago. You wow. know, just, just, oh, these people just, and the lady that was helping me, she was so apologetic. And I finally told her, I said, listen, I said, this month, I'm seven years out from radiation therapy. I said, ma'am, I said, today's a wonderful day. I said, you take your time, you do whatever. And by the time I was over, I had witnessed to that lady, and she was almost in tears, wow. thanking me and telling me how much she needed me that day. Larry, guys, are you hearing this? Like, this is what we need to be doing. We need to be there for our fellow brother, our fellow sister, our fellow classmen. We need to be there for them, sharing how God has moved in our life. You don't have to have a meth lab in your closet to have a testimony. You don't have to overcome cancer to have a testimony. Just share how God is moving and shaking and baking. And because we have a short time on this earth. Yes. This this time is so brief and so short, but the amount of people you can impact, the number of people you can impact by doing tiny little deeds is just 
numerical to the point we can't we can't imagine we can't count uh, only when we meet Jesus that faithful day will we find out the true impact that our lives had like a big puzzle piece this will all begin to come together yes. and I just I can't wait until that beautiful day but until then while I'm here I want to instill hope I want to instill courage I want to instill redemption for people who don't feel like they have a chance, for people who don't feel like they are enough, for people who don't think they're good enough, you are enough. And you can do so much more when you don't know that you can't. Yep. This Man. life is your blueprint for salvation and eternity. Wow. It's training us yep. for our for our, our 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 eternity. Yes. And and you know, I, I know a lot. I've got I've got friends, I know a lot of people that believe in God, that don't know Him. Mm. Now, there's only one way to have it. How's that? you got to know Him. you got to have a relationship with Him. Wow. So, which one are you? Right, right. Which one are to you? To start with, I was the guy that showed up to church that believed in God. Mm. And, had, and I, had, I had a relationship with Him, but it was not the one I was supposed to have with Him. Mm -hmm. Now I do. So... Even the, the Bible tells us that even the demons believe, and that's yeah. and that's not enough. It's 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 not enough to just know God exists. Mm -hmm. We have well, to Pastor know Todd Him. Say, Hell's full of good intentions. That's exactly right. <laughs> hey, we we have to know. Uh, we we have to know that Jesus came and walked thirty three years on this earth and lived a perfect life and died for your sin, yes. for my sin, for the sin of the listener. Yes. And three days later, he rose again with our freedom in his hands yes. so that we could spend eternity with him if only we accept him in our hearts. We believe that and we walk with him daily. Yes. We, I pick up my cross and I follow him on a daily I want to give you one verse. We've got to close out. We are having some great conversation here. And this is old man wisdom right here. And I'm, and no, 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 not you, but the message, the principle, the foundation. This is old man's type stuff right here that you get with, uh, I can just picture myself on a tailgate uh, as a young boy with my grandfather in a, in, a, in, a, in a grass straw sticking out of his mouth and him just giving me the life lessons. Mm -hmm. And to the people that don't have that, that's what this is. That's what this is about. Now, this verse is Psalms 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. A few seconds. How does that verse make you feel? I, I, I tried to sum this up at, at Christmas. And I, I posted on Facebook that everyone should celebrate this day every day. Mm. And that's what I try to do every day. I love it. Because our days are numbered. Exactly. And we want to leave an impact. Yes. Larry, I thank you so much for, for being here, for allowing us to talk about this. So many people will gain uh, uh, from this wisdom. If you have not subscribed... If you have not become a part of SCAR, I ask you to please subscribe. Please share this, okay? Because people need to hear this. People need to know what's going on in, in the lives of, 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 of those around you. 
so that we can help and use those testimonies and use those stories for God's glory. Now, in saying that, here it is. You've heard it right here for SCAR, Seeking Courage and Redemption. God is the author of all that is good. Now let's go and have us a great day, and I'll see you in the next couple of days.